0: sick of the fatigue and fog fed up with the unpredictable flares hangry from the super restrictive diets hello and welcome to the crunchy allergist podcast a podcast empowering those who like me appreciate both a naturally minded and scientifically grounded approach to health and healing hi i'm your host dr Kara wada quadruple board certified pediatric and adult allergy immunology and lifestyle medicine physician Sjogren's patient and life coach. My recipe for success combines anti-inflammatory lifestyle, trusting therapeutic relationships, modern medicine, and mindset to harness our body's ability to heal. Now, although I might be a physician, I'm not your physician, and this podcast is for educational purposes only. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I feel so excited and honored to welcome Dr. Jenna Hua to our podcast today. She is an environmental health scientist and dietitian by training. She's super passionate about the environment, public health, and everything related to food, all things near and dear to my heart, too. Jenna holds a bachelor's degree in nutrition, a master's in public health, and a PhD in environmental health sciences from the UC Berkeley. And she completed her postdoc fellowship at Stanford. So amazing pedigree as we say from our, you know, our um, when we think about training, but she was really frustrated by the lack of data for how harmful chemicals such as BPA and phthalates and parabens um, from plastics in our everyday products really can affect our health and clinical outcomes. So this has been her mission to put together a personalized approach to mitigating these harmful chemical exposures. Um, She founded Million Marker, which is a health tech startup, and it's dedicated to empowering everyone with the data and tools to determine the products they use, the food they eat, the water they drink, um, that may negatively or positively influence their health. Um, So Million Marker helps provide people with the understanding of what chemicals are inside of them and provide simple solutions for quickly reducing harmful chemicals through mail-in test kits, lifestyle audits, product rec- recommendations, and counseling. So that was a mouthful, but I'm so excited to welcome you, Dr. Jenna. Um, let's, let's dig in. So tell us kind of a little more of the story. How, how did Million Marker come to be?
1: thank you so much Kara, for having me i'm also super excited um yeah melee market came to be partially because my career professionally and also personally like uh there's both side of the story so professionally i ran into a wall during my research that we have no data to study these chemicals Mm -hmm. and you know today if you talk about precision medicine a lot of time we talk about genetics But genetics actually only accounts for about 30% of everyone's chronic disease risk versus the rest of them are from your environment. And then we call this um, the exposome. Compared to the genome, we call it exposome, is everything other than the genome is part of your environment. So there is like no data to study these environmental exposures. And when we talk about environmental exposure, if you think about the air you breathe, the food you eat, um, the products that you use, A lot of these chemicals that we're being exposed to are you getting exposed to them a very tiny amount but you get exposed to them day in and day out over a long time so it's almost like if you there's something harmful they're not going to kill you tomorrow but you're they're killing you slowly Mm -hmm. so it's very frustrating that we have no data and and there's also a huge gap in terms of translating what we have seen in research to the public so then everyone, everyday consumer can take actions to do something about it, um, reducing exposures and optimize their health. So that was on the professional side that I ran into the school. I was like, nobody's reading my papers. So maybe I should, I should be doing something else. (laughs) Um, And then on the personal side, I um, had a, I had a lot of allergy. Um, I had a lot of fertility struggle myself. I have two super rare genetic condition only happens during pregnancy that prevents me Funds successfully carry through a pregnancy. So after four super late stage miscarriages, the doctors were just telling me a good luck next time there because Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on. Um, Because I studied these chemicals, I knew they could potentially impact my fertility and miscarriages. And when I went to the doctor, I asked if I could get a test because I've done genetic tests and done a ton of any other tests that one can think of. There was no conclusive. You know, answers when I went to the doctor about this test, they said the only test available is heavy metal. There's nothing else. Mm -hmm. But I know, I mean, these tests, we've been doing biomonitoring for decades through the CDC. I know these tests exist. Why are they not accessible to the public? Um, so so that both reasons adding together, then it prompted me to start mailing marker because I felt at the time, even if I just I just want to get a sense of assurance, knowing that, you know, I'm doing everything right. I eliminate this, you know, making sure this is not the reason causing my infertility and the miscarriages, I felt that would be satisfying. And also, you know, if you don't know, it's harder for people to make a change. Um, so I I am hoping one day we can actually empower people with their own data. So then they can actually take actionable steps to, you know, move to a, a healthier life life with themselves and their families.
0: What are some of these particular toxins that we're exposed to?
1: Oh, many. Uh, So toxins comes in, like we have persistent chemicals and persistent toxins and also more transient toxins. So persistent toxins, people might have heard about DDT. DDT has been banned for a long time, but you know, today, if we uh, look what's in people's blood, you will still find the DDT. They just have a long half-life. They're just being in your body for a long time. Another chemical people probably have heard a lot about is uh, uh, PFAS. We call it forever right. chemical in non- non-stick pens. That's also a persistent chemical. They just stay in your body for a long time. So it's for those chemical, there's like, it's harder to get rid of them because they stay in your body for a long time, Um, which means that for the stuff that we can actually control of those transient chemicals, then we should definitely take control. And transient chemicals, then you're talking about uh, the stuff that we're testing um, today at Million Marker that includes BPA, BPA alternatives, phthalates, parabens, oxybenzones. Uh, These are are more uh, transient chemicals. There's also, a class of pesticides that's also mm-hmm. transient. Um, the encouraging thing about the transient chemical is that you know if you eliminate the source, you won't get exposed to them. Your body will actually have the natural you know detox function to to get rid of them. So as long as you can eliminate your exposure sources, then you will have less exposure of them.
0: Which is, I think, so empowering to be able to realize that you can make a difference and make an impact through some of your decisions. And I know we both know, but for kind of for everyone else listening, where can people find these transient toxins in their environment? Like where do we encounter them?
1: Yeah, this is, I guess this is a bit of a doom and gloom uh, that they are everywhere. Um, But that means that it's because they're everywhere. If you are aware where they are, then you can actually like reduce them. Uh, So BPA people might have seen like bpa free on their uh, plastic water bottle mm-hmm. or even on cans uh so bpa is this chemical makes plastic shatterproof um, make it brittle um so uh it's also using as a canned lining um, in canned food uh so these two plastic avoiding plastic is like, pretty much like the number one tip that we always give it to people because not only BPA is in plastic, but also like phthalates. It's another chemical. BPA and phthalates are the most common plasticizers. Sometimes they can plastic contain up to 80% of BPA or phthalates. So avoiding plastic is uh, really important. Um, another big source of BPA is the uh, thermal receipts. Um, mm-hmm. it's coded. And now that you know we banned BPA in food contact materials, manufacturers have been using BPS, BPF, and BPAF, TMBPF. BPF. I mean, you the entire they can literally use the entire awesome. alphabet, exactly swap them, and they're causing just as bad of or even worse impact as BPA. Uh, which is sad, um, but that's like, one thing is like, okay, that's where BPA is from. Um, phthalate is, is a chemical that makes plastic flexible. Uh, so your usual serine wrap um, a lot mm-hmm. of time is made of phthalates uh, or plastic packaging tape um, is could be made of phthalates. Um, if you touch them, that could be your source of exposure. Um, This is a class of phthalate. we call it um, high molecular weight phthalates, there's also a low molecular weight phthalates, those are generally used in um, personal care products, like fragrance is kind of like the code for phthalates, right, like, Mm -hmm. um, so phthalates is making the fragrance stick onto your body for a lot longer, and all of these are obviously, uh, there are hormone disrupting chemicals, Mm -hmm. So they mess with your hormone. Phthalates are especially bad for, say, baby boys because they disrupt the the androgen um, system. Um, So phthalates is another one. Uh, Paraben uh, is Mm -hmm. another one. Uh, I think paraben, if people see paraben, um, I think we also want people to know that not all parabens are created equal. Okay. So paraben, they usually use methyl, ethyl, propyl, butyl. That's just an indication of the length of the paraben. The longer the paraben, the butyl paraben is like the way worse. It's like okay. the, the most toxic ones. Uh, but you should always get rid of paraben. Now there's like, you know, clean beauty movement that mm-hmm. product often label that's paraben free. Um, so that's great. Uh, but paraben, another hidden source, it's, it's also kind of like mind boggling is... Um, they are often also used as preservatives in packaged food, um, and in packaged food is actually not labeled as paraben. It's actually labeled as a, a hydroxybenzoic acid. Okay. So it's harder for yeah. people to recognize. Um, yeah. So another tip we generally give people is if you can't eat in, trying to eat in more. Um, try to eat out less or eat less packaged food because that's just you. You can't. You can't control that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as we're thinking about some of I guess let's walk through how how kind of this process works like if someone were to undergo testing or think about um incorporating this into kind of their their health and and healing journey.
1: Yeah, so right now people can simply order a test kit online. We ask you to fill out an exposure journal, whether you do it independently or do it with us, uh, which then we use the information to do a complete uh, lifestyle audit. We ask about all the food uh, you consumed, all the utensil, what's your like kitchen routine. Uh, We ask about all the products that you're using. So then we can do a comprehensive audit. Then we get you, send us your urine sample. pee in the morning, send it to us. We get your urine tested. um, And we'll tell you about your levels, how you compare with uh, our existing users, how you compare with the national average, um, and then tell you exactly what you can do. What are the problematic uh, lifestyle behaviors or products that you're using? And what are the ones you can actually swap out with uh, to reduce your exposures?
0: Awesome. So it kind of will take both data points from your history and your lab, essentially your urine test to help make those recommendations.
1: Exactly. The, the urine test, I think it's useful. The reason we wanted to show is that yes, you can definitely practice, um, lifestyle swap and changes already, but many times there's just a lot of hidden things in products that's not labeled. So mm-hmm. by doing the test, you can actually reveal exactly what's goes on in your body. Um, another thing that we have seen, which is not exactly proven, the science is not there yet to show is just from the trend that we have observed that, you know, because we're screening for metabolites, so meaning that if you, if you're using good products, then, you know, your metabolites, your chemical level should be low. Um However, if you're using bad product, you should come, come out to be high, right? But there's a, a group of people that they're using not super op, optimal product, bad product, but their levels are coming out low. That's actually problematic because where did it go? Um, this makes us ask a question, you know, where did, where, did your, where did your chemical go? It probably stored in your fat cell. And then that means your body is not as efficient detoxing while we don't have a genetic test to, you know, actually understand what's causing your body not detoxing, we think having, having done the urine test will give you additional insight. So if your body is not efficient at detoxing, then by all means, you need to avoid even more. Yeah, um compared to other
0: people. And you, I guess, you know, just hypothesis, you know, kind of our, thinking about that situation, like are then maybe those individuals that are more susceptible to some of the effects from exactly. these exposures, right? Exactly. Um when um what do you see kind of coming down the line in regards to like where's the science headed, do you think? I hate to, you know, put on your prediction.
1: <laughs> I think we need more, definitely need more research. Uh, Because today we have been studying one chemical at a time, um, but we actually being exposed to many chemical all at the same time. We have no idea, like, you know, together, like if you're exposed to all these things at the same time, like what are they going to do to our health? You know, Um, that we don't know. So this is also where we're hoping by collecting the data, studying the exposome, like the whole environmental exposure as a whole. So then we can actually study these mixture effect and actually understand what are they doing um, to our body.
0: I think that's interesting. That's where, and I'm sure you've encountered it with your nutrition training and education as well. But I think there was always like this discussion amongst clinicians that a lot of the nutrition data we have would be based on one particular vitamin. And so I was very excited. And this has been a few years ago, there was a paper that was published looking at the role of the diet as a whole in, in, for instance, this was an asthma and control of asthma um, using this dietary um, inflammatory index. And so what was really neat about that was you were able to really look at more of what was going on in the whole person as opposed to just these single data points because we aren't single data points right <laughs> we're in this super complex ex- exposome like all the things are going on
1: right exactly um that's why we're hoping you know with the data we're collecting we can actually look at all your metabolites all at once um it's not for it's still The work in the research, like today, say if we screen for these uh, chemicals, we're actually using a targeted approach, meaning that we specifically target these chemicals and we understand, you know, your levels and everything. Uh, With research, what we're trying to do is using this untargeted approach. We literally screen for every single metabolites. So with big data, with screening for every single metabolites, then we can actually start seeing correlations. Out of everything that you're exposed to, what what's correlated with your lifestyle? What's correlated with your you know disease biomarkers? What's correlated with your, your nutritional biomarkers? Um, I see there's a lot of uh, um, potential that you know maybe one day we don't have to ask people to do a dietary recall. You know, we just scan your metabolizer. we know exactly what you've consumed because we know the recall is like it's not accurate.
0: No, um, everyone remembers the good things, right? Or maybe these yeah, exactly. I always conveniently forget about that snacking. Uh, <laughs> I do the same. <laughs> so, what sorts of things have you done in your everyday life um, to kind of decrease your exposures?
1: Um,
0: many things. Um,
1: many things. I often like when people ask me about tips for detoxing, I always think yeah. about, you know, always think about like where do you get your most exposures from? If you say, for example, if you, Obviously, you eat every day, right? So, kitchen is like a really important place to think about detoxing. What kind of pots and pans you're using? Um, you know, try to avoid nonstick pans because even if if a product label PFOA PFOs free, we have no idea if they use any alternatives. Yeah. Uh, because it's not regulated. Uh, so then, choosing um, a stainless steel or um, cast iron or ceramic is a lot better. Uh, because again, this is, these are persistent chemicals, which if you're exposed to, there's not much you can do about it. That means that, you know, try not to expose yourself more and then try to reduce the transient chemicals. So kitchen is a really good place. And also for your pants and pots and pans or Tupperware, if you swap it once, you don't have to swap them for a long time. So it's also a really good investment. Um, So pots and pans, definitely think about it. And also Tupperware Uh, Also, a wrap is another big one. We tell people to use a B-wax wrap um, instead of a serine wrap and never ever microwave that serine wrap or any plastic container. Yes. Because the heat will actually release extra chemicals um, into the food or anything that comes to contact uh, with the food. Uh, Water is another great source. We recommend people to use a reverse osmosis water filter if you can. Uh, any filter is better than no filter, but reverse osmosis water filter is kind of like a catch-to-all filter because we have seen our water sources also contaminated with these chemicals as well as PFAS. So if you can't afford um, a reverse osmosis water filter, uh, get one of those, um, then that's kind of pretty much takes care of your kitchen. And for your food, obviously eating as much as possible. And if you can choose organic, choose organic if organics is too expensive, frozen organic is generally cheaper. That's still better than the conventional food. Um, if you really have to pick a few that food items to choose organic, any berry, always yes. choose organic. And also any green leafy veggie for salad, always choose organic. Kale and spinach, I think, is the most contaminated veggies out there. So you know, and if you consume a lot of those, definitely yeah, choose organic. Which
0: are super healthy. And I will just put a plug. If you have this space and a tiny bit of energy, like growing kale is pretty like low maintenance. And we, I'm in central Ohio and we, and I didn't buy any particular variety, but we had kale up through December, which was really great to like go out in the garden and throw it in some soup or a salad or what have you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, also increase your uh, time outdoor, which is good yeah, too. Yeah, great. Um, get fresh air because dust yeah. is another source of potential exposure. We recommend people to take off your shoes when you come home because you underneath your shoe could have a lot of dust. You could be stepping on different chemicals um, that you bring home, especially if you have young kids that young kids will tend to crawl on the, on the floor, put everything in their mouth. You know, mm-hmm. having this extra exposure, um, it can't be good. Uh, so that's like you know for shoes. and if you think about your your bathroom, right if you if you wash your hair every day and it uses this big blob of shampoo, I would uh, definitely take a look at your product um, ingredient label. How
0: you?
1: Yeah, because, yes, it's coming all down and uh, in large amount, if you especially if you wash your hair every day, definitely check out your shampoos and conditioner, making sure that they're paraben free, they're like fragrance free. Uh, oftentimes now that manufacturers sometimes will use like uh, words instead of using fragrance they use aroma <laughs> um it's, it's very deceiving it's it, it's the same thing so ditch those ambiguous words um, and also opt in for fragrance free rather than like unscented because we have seen also like, even yeah. unscented is actually a scent and, that could have still yeah. contains uh, fragrance. Um, so I, that's one thing to pay attention I on. I
0: had a mentor share that with me. That That is one of the things that we were talking before we hit record about how allergy immunology um, and medical training doesn't hit upon this very much. But the one thing we they do drive home is fragrance-free and the difference between that and unscented. And when I learned that, It was one of those light bulb or like mind blown moments of like, what?
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, ultimately we think like consumers shouldn't bear this, these burden, but waiting for our, you know, glacial pace of government policy change is like too slow and you just got to take actions yourself. Um, So yeah, shampoo conditioner. just think about what kind of product that you use the most, you know, if you use a lot of deodorant, check that you know, whatever you use the most, definitely check that out. Um, The one thing that we haven't been able to find a lot of clean alternative is over-the-counter ornament and creams. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of those contains paraben. Uh, So if you don't have to use those, try not to use those. If you absolutely have to use them, then, you know, use them in, you know, moderate amount. Uh, So those are like the, I guess, my top tips.
0: Yeah, those are fantastic. And I would say, you know, as, as I'm thinking about, we were talking a little bit earlier about eczema, you know, one of the things I tell my patients is to avoid some of those triggers by avoiding some of those triggers, whether you find out that you maybe are allergic to your dog or dust mites, or, um, we, we know for pretty much anyone fragrance and dyes in products are, um, big triggers. If you can cut those out, that really helps take a little of the lighter fluid off the fire. And so you may not need as much medication. You may not need as much of that hydrocortisone ointment to get things under control and to get that skin barrier fixed.
1: Right. Oh, talking about that laundry detergent is another one, all-purpose cleaner, especially during COVID. People are using a ton of wipes and cleaners. Um, That's, again, uh, a place for hidden phthalates and then parabens and these chemicals. Um,
0: And we know, you know, as we think about data, we know that people who are in occupations that are exposed to those more regularly, those um, who work in cleaning industry or even nurses and Text at the hospital exposed to what I call the toxic baby wipes, um, that they use to clean everything off. They yeah. have increased risk of health downstream health concerns, including lung concerns right. too.
1: Right. Right. Because a lot of the, some of these things could also even have VOC in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's just as bad. Um, uh, yeah. and then I guess the last tip I have, which is, uh, I didn't know this until I started testing myself, uh, which was really interesting. Two things. One is, uh, many times also check your vitamin supplement capsules. So making sure your capsule is a vegetarian-based capsule, because if it's not vegetarian-based, oftentimes they could be using phthalates to make that capsule. Um, I ended up having uh, taken this uh, B vitamin a while back. I actually bought it from Whole Foods. I can't remember the brand uh, right now, Um, but that was the only thing I did different. And that Vitamin really shoots up my phthalates levels. The moment I eliminate it, um, it came down to non-detectable. So that was just like one thing again with the testing. What we can learn is yeah. there are so many things that's just hidden that we have no idea.
0: And as you touched on earlier, so much of this is unregulated. We know the vitamin supplement industry, the right. personal care um, industry. You know these different areas. They don't have to disclose everything that's in there they don't you know what's on the package doesn't necessarily have to be what is in the package and right. so that's the other area where i definitely see like if you're having issues and not getting to the bottom of things and and it's nice to have other options to to have some way to look into this
1: right right uh, and then one last thing is uh um if people are already choosing better product, um, you know, if you're already reading on the labels and then you already understand this whole thing and also try to pay attention on the packaging Uh, because sometimes manufacturer will, even if they have good ingredients, they could still be using a bad packaging. And if you think about how your product getting shipped to the store and then, you know, this whole transportation, how much sun exposure it would already have uh, before it gets to you. So there could be a lot of leaching can happen in the product
0: bottle. Exactly. Yeah, it, Um. and I think that's one thing that I had no idea about until I got involved in kind of the clean beauty movement and advocacy of kind of hearing companies like you and Grace and Beauty Counter, ha- like mentioning that, that that is something to be in, oh my, that totally makes sense. Or even like the, the line, the assembly line, you know, that stuff's right. being, you know, piped into your containers.
1: Exactly. Uh, one also like a kind of side story um, I learned when, when I started doing this is, uh, you know, essential oil, we have been seen as a good thing. It's, a, it's a, a good alternative for replacing with synthetic fragrance. But depending on where this essential oil is made, they could also be very, very different. So if the distilling facility is not using a food-grade equipment the manufacturing process, if they're using any plastic, think about that high-temperature distilling the oil, then everything from that plastic will leach into the essential oil. Um, So that's also another consideration. If you're buying anything like that, it's always good to check with the manufacturer to make sure, hey, our manufacturing facility is adhering to great standard, and then none of these, like, Chemicals are leaching to the product.
0: Yeah, I think that really, I think it's hard to find this balance because so much of the onus is put on us as consumers. Exactly. Um, I think the way that I've kind of navigated personally is like, okay, I found a few um companies and brands in different areas that I one, I like the products, they work, but I'm also like reassured by their transparency and their um walking the walk, not just talking the talk with the marketing yes. um, in order to make sure. And so, and we do the best we can, you know, know better, do better. And if we can make those 1% improvements consecutively. Exactly. A whole lot better at the end than we started.
1: Exactly. Transparency is really important. If you are weighing doubt, always email the company to check. If they have, if they're aware, if they have a clear answer, most of the company who are, who are transparent, they will have an answer for you. And they have taken the step to think about this problem and then have a way to address it, even though nobody is perfect, but they have taken the step. So having this transparency, I think it's extremely important.
0: Yeah. So if people want to find you and find out more information about Million Marker, where, where should they go?
1: Uh, people can find us um, uh, through our website, which is
0: www.millionmarker.com.
1: Uh, we're pretty active on social media since we really want to educate the public why they need to care, even if they don't buy a test kit, come up and see our great content. So we're on Instagram or on Twitter, just Million Marker. Um, and if you, we also have a newsletter. If you're interested in this topic, we send out a newsletter to let us know, uh, let people know the latest research and what we're up to. Um, and if anyone have any questions, we're always up to answering people's questions. So people can just like email us through our website.
0: That's awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to share? Any kind of parting words or something I didn't ask that?
1: I guess one last thing I would like to share is, um, uh, you know, by detoxing, by using better products, it's actually not just good for our own health. It's actually good for the planet. Because all these chemicals that we're talking about, they're all petroleum based chemicals and they all have to do with climate change, the plastic problem you have. So, you know, by choosing a better product, you're actually voting with your dollars and then you're saving the planet.
0: I think that's huge, especially like as we continue to see the effects of climate change and I see them very predominantly in my everyday work at the clinic because I see that pollen season is longer. Mm-hmm. I see people with more sinus infections needing more medications. Like um it's, you know, in addition to even though I'm not living in an area with knock on wood with forest fires and all these things, it still is very apparent, just in different ways. Right. Oh, well thank you so much, Dr. Jenna. I really appreciate your time, your expertise and sharing amazing information, um, with our Shogrins community. Um, and I look forward to talking with you again soon.
1: Thank you so much, Kara, for having me. It's been a pleasure.